Hey everybody, this is Walt. This is Max. And you are listening to our podcast, The ABCs of Rock and Metal. A.K.A. Anti-Seminal, and we are, as always, USS Info, Inc., and we are transitioning into the E's today. So we are doing who, Walt? Elf. Who the hell is Elf, Walt? <laughs> because our listeners want to know. Elf is Ronnie James Dio's first rock band. Okay, I think we're going to need to go deep into the history of Elf. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of people are not going to know. So I mean, I kind of forgot about him, too, to yeah, be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So his first band. They started around when? Well, Ronnie started in the 50s. Yeah. But this was a band that he got some acclaim with uh, that started in 1968, I believe. Yeah. I've got, 19, I've got 67. 67? But they didn't release an album until 72. Until 72. Right? Yeah. Okay. The first Elf album. Yeah, yeah. They had three albums. Yeah. I believe, right? Only three. Okay. They had Elf. Oh, my God. What was the name uh, of the second one? Something. Um, it's got a weird name. Oh, right, right. That's we should right. know this. We're like elf experts now. <laughs> All right, so you have the self-titled Elf album. The second album was the Carolina County Ball. That's the title. And the third album is trying to burn the sun. Trying to burn the sun, which that's we are reviewing today. Yeah, right. yeah. Because basically, they are all anti-seminal. Let's face it. Yeah, yeah they are. Yeah, I and mean, there's the, not the a lot of information to be found. Yeah, yeah. Elf. I mean, you heard Ronnie talk about it when he was alive. Here yeah. and there. Not as much. He just basically said that this was my first band, yeah. and it got me some attention. Beyond that, you're hard-pressed to find anything yeah. online or even record stores. A used record store might have maybe one or two of them. Sure. Maybe. Yeah. If you're lucky. Yeah. Or if you go on, I don't know, Craigslist or something, or eBay, mm -hmm. you might be able to buy an LP. Mm -hmm. And what I also read was that this record, Trying to Burn the Sun, is only available as an import. Yeah. Which is funny, because it was on Deep Purple's record label. It's not even on Spotify. Wow. Yeah, the first two are, this one is not. We got lucky to find yeah. it on YouTube. Exactly. So whoever yeah. put this up, thank you <laughs> yeah. very much. Yeah. So I think we got to explain a little bit about the connection between Elf and Deep Purple, since you mentioned it. Right. And, and of course, Rainbow, right? Absolutely. How did that all work out? Well, um, Elf were out and about doing their thing, and um, Glover, who was producing for Deep Purple and was in Deep Purple, found them and cullied them over after their first album to record their next two records on Deep Purple's record label, which was, what was the name of their record label again? Oh, Something like purple, something, something purple records, purple, in it. purple yeah. records. Okay, and uh, Richie Blackmore had recorded an album with Deep Purple before that, and he wasn't happy with it because they were kind of turning into funk almost. Yeah, they, he didn't like the direction. He didn't like it at all. Yeah. So yeah, it was Roger Glover in the beginning that discovered them, so to speak, mm -hmm. and Blackmore kind of cleaned house with Deep Purple, and basically after this record, because at the time when this record came out, they were breaking up already. Elf. Now at some point they were opening for Deep Purple, right? I believe so. When was that going on? I mean, oh. is that how Richie Blackmore find, found out about them, or it might have been through Glover? Okay. It might have been through Glover. So was that the first connection? Then they got them on board to open for them. Then or something, I think maybe? Blackmore saw them. He wanted to start his solo project yeah which was rainbow yeah and so he basically he got everybody from elf besides the guitar player and besides uh mark nasi i believe right i think you're right who did who did some percussion on this one the main drummer was gary driscoll right 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 yeah right. that's yeah. right right 
Yeah, but it, it's pretty much it's pretty much Elf minus lead guitarist because Dio. Yeah, and uh, we got uh, Mickey Lee Soul on keyboards, rhythm. Craig Gruber bass guitar and Gary Driscoll drums, and that is the first Rainbow album. Yeah, right. Pretty yeah. much, yes, yes, yes. But then, of yeah. course, he fired everybody by the second. The Rainbow second album, album yeah. except for Dio. He kept Dio, and that yeah, was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once again, cleaned house. Yeah, yeah. So they were short lived. Very much, very yeah, short. Very much yeah. so. Very much so. Okay, so should we get into it? Yep. All right, first up, this is Black Swampy Water. Not what you'd expect, right? What are you hearing? Well, well, okay, what would you expect? Well, I mean, if you're familiar with Dio's later catalog, yeah, you wouldn't expect this kind of boogie-woogie piano on the very <laughs> opening of the record. You really wouldn't. If you were, so let's say you really like the first Rainbow album, would you expect this? No, not even. Not even. No, yeah, yeah. not even. No, no. This is, this is a different thing. Yeah. yeah, it's almost a lot of this is very almost New Orleans boogie woogie, old school kind of Creole-ish yeah. at points, Southern rock. Even. I mean, the guitar has a hard edge to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. And it's, his 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 lyrics, how, or his his vocal stylings. How would you describe that in this one? Oh, they're great. I mean, it's, yeah. it's still Ronnie. I mean, Dio is still Dio. It's still yeah, Ronnie. Yeah. It's yeah. still Dio. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know right away. Even if you if you played this blind for someone. Yeah. You know? If you're a fan of Dio, you go, Yeah. it's Dio. Yeah. It's Ronnie. You're like, is that some like rainbow like B-side or something that right. I haven't heard or what? You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Or is it, uh, did Ronnie work with Meatloaf yeah. at one point? Because <laughs> <laughs> if he did, I, I missed that. <laughs> Which sounds awesome, quite honestly. <laughs> but it's very boogie-woogie. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's got some groove to it. It does. You know? No, it does groove, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Dio always had groove to whatever he was doing. He did. Even when it was considered metal. Yeah. You know? Because... Uh, there are points where I saw Dio as not so much metal, okay, and more hard rock, okay. But then, yeah, of yeah. course, he always went back to being metal. He kind of walked that line for me, yeah. Ronnie. He always mm-hmm. walked that line, yeah. And seeing his origins with this, mm-hmm. you know, and doing what was popular at the time, yeah, you know, it's a whole different thing. And an evolution when you look at the entire catalog, yeah, especially just hearing this one track mm-hmm. right out the box, yeah. It's pretty wild. <laughs> and a title like Trying to Burn the Sun, you would think it was super metal. That sounds metal. Right? Yeah, yeah. You would think it would be super metal. But 1975, metal. what was really metal? <laughs> right. You know, this is early I on. I mean, okay, it, so what, what was Black Sabbath, Sabbath doing? Sabbath and yeah, yeah, Zeppelin. Yeah. It's not really the metal that a lot of people who later got in metal would recognize as metal True. as such. Right? True, true. Yeah, yeah. But this does kind of walk It's, tran- the- it's transitioning. Yeah, and like we've talked about with a lot of uh, with like Zeppelin and Black Sabbath's early stuff, even early stuff by Judas Priest, you feel them like in the hard blues and approaching something new, right? Which right. which would later end up being called metal. Yeah, yeah, it, it feels transitional. All steeped in the blues, number one. Exactly. Yeah, especially yeah. when these guys started out. It's like metal was it was the way for these bands to try to re-understand and reinterpret the blues. True. Into something new. True. You know, and then finally it it just became this new thing. Right. Yeah. It's funny though, these guys, especially Ronnie, talking about black swampy water when he's from New York. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's from New York. Yeah, it's like CCR was from uh, California. Yeah, right. Louisiana swamps and shit. Right, exactly. 
But yeah, it's it's like I said, very New Orleans ish to me. Very know? much, very yeah. much. Almost yeah. gospel at Check. point. <laughs> and next up we have Prentice Wood. What does that even mean? I don't know. There's a joke in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Prentice? I have to think too hard to get there. Let me get my dictionary. To... <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> oh, that was a cheap pun. Yes. Well, I always go cheap on this podcast. You don't got to pay a lot to be on this podcast. We always go cheap. We work cheap. We play cheap. What do you think about this? Once again, unexpected. Like I said, I, I okay. heard this stuff when I was younger. Yeah. And never, it was always at a friend's house or like yeah. a, one of my cousins would play it. Yeah. When I was younger. And kind of forgot a lot about it. Interesting. So when you listen okay. to it now, me owning Dio's discography. Yeah. It's so left. It feels left field, but this is where he started. Yeah. Uh-huh. It doesn't seem like him. Yeah. Besides the fact that you know his voice. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, once again, this sounds very gospely and his vocals on this remind me of a lot of glam rock of the time, like almost okay. like T Rex. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. like just his, the delivery. It's a uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show ish. Yeah, yeah, you know, later yeah. on, kind of in that vein, Th- that yeah, kind yeah. of rock and roll style. Yeah, you know, yeah, um, very, very early seventies yeah. sounding. Yeah, it's uh, of its time. Yeah, yeah, and there were so many other bands that were doing this style too. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. whether they were from the South or not, yeah. obviously, yeah. with Elf. Uh, it's amazing to me. It's, But, you know, once again, I mean, how old was he in the band at this point? I mean, they were young. Good question. I mean, so he when, started out in the 50s. Yeah. So, so we're talking about born? 70s. Do we know? I, don't, I have no idea, to be honest. I'm going to, you, you keep talking, I'll do the look up here. La, la, la. <laughs> Phil well, Space. Say, say something meaningful, <laughs> I would hope. La, la, la is kind of meaningful. Uh, you know, <laughs> if it's in key. Ronnie James Dio. Born in. He was born, looking at 1942. Wow. So at this point, he was, can you do math? I can't do no, math. No, I can't do math. So, so, 70, so he must have been his 40, early 30s, late so 20s. So he was 33. 33. 33 years old. Jesus, when he died. So, wow. Okay. Wow. Damn. Yeah, that's uh, wow. He went for a while then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, he was in the game for a bit. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. finally hit, and that's why he was always appreciative when you yeah, see yeah. him in interviews. So I love this pastoral section, like the quiet keyboard, you know, like like some of the Zeppelin stuff. Oh yeah, at that time, right? Yeah, a little sitar <laughs> in the background. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> it then, is it is of that moment. Bongos, organs, yeah, 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 yeah. Everything yeah. in the kitchen sink. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, you were saying something though. What the fuck was I saying? Oh, uh, who the hell knows? <laughs> yeah. Time to move on. Yeah. Okay. But listen to that. Yeah. Kind of like it. Yeah. Yeah. But still talking about magic and stuff. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Ronnie's always got to kick in the magic <laughs> and elves and shit. <laughs> And this is When She Smiles. Wasn't there a song on the other album called, like, When a Woman Cries? Or yeah, something? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is the flip side of the coin, right? Yeah. I kept confusing this track for when she, same thing, when she cries. Or, you know, because <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, it's so out of context or out of character, I should say, for yeah. Dio. Yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah, 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 yeah. When a woman cries is the other one, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when she smiles. Because he was a happier guy. Back then, it, it, it seems. Yeah, he was, yeah. yeah. 
Younger, yeah. yeah. You know, it's a happier dude. Back then we had more optimism for the world. <laughs> then Richie Blackmore came along and dashed all his hopes. <laughs> got this bouncy keyboard thing going on. Yeah. Almost queen like the keyboards for me. And the yeah. vocal delivery. Interesting. It reminds yeah, me Yeah, no, you're right. A you little bit right. of Freddie. Yeah. There's like some kind of doo wop stuff going on in the background. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But once again his influences I guess from fifties rock. Yeah, yeah, he's bringing that you in. You know, in early sixties rock. And I think it, it sounds like bar, like I said, like bar band-ish. Right yeah, there. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know what I mean? Smoky bar room. Yeah. Kind of blues, you know? Yeah. And at some point, there's a full orchestral backing, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this goes pretty big. Yeah, and they had background singers. And yeah. They had a lot going on yeah, on these there's albums. There's a lot of production going on here. Yeah. 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 Anything where you got in this one? No, just that it, it's pretty neat. It's pretty it cool. It's kind of nice, yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, like I said, it just brings you back to like old-timey... I shouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Oldie-timey. <laughs> you know, back when I was sitting in a bar in 1922, <laughs> waiting for a phone call on a payphone. I was in a bar in the 20s with the lads, you know, with the fellas. <laughs> right. <laughs> we were rip-roaring it up. <laughs> <laughs> it was a swinging 20s. It was uh, flappers and oh, all God. them. Let's stop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's, stop. let's stop. Next song. If you give it a shot, you yeah. might be surprised, you know, yeah. that you might get into it. Mm-hmm. It took me a couple of listens, yeah. to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you give it a few listens, you'll be surprised how you might get into it. Yeah. Just because of all the influences mm-hmm. that this record has going on. Yeah. And this is Good Time Music. Again, that kind of keyboard thing going on. You know, this one kind of sounds like... Jazzy, bluesy piano. This one sounds like a Queen song to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I see yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Almost even a little Leonard Skinner-ish. Hmm. You know? Okay, yeah. You know? Yeah. The way the piano sounds. Mm-hmm. The clean notes. Yeah, Queen yeah. too. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, like, especially here. Right there, yeah. 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 I think it's kind of honky-tonk at some point. It's it's a lament, yeah, a little honky-tonk. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I'll I'll go with that. I'll go with that. It's kind of, like I said, I wonder if um, certain other acts were influenced by each other at the time. Oh, yeah. I keep hearing a little Rod Stewart. Yeah, yeah. Early Rod Stewart. No, I hear that. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Like, especially here. Yep. Yeah. With his really early work. Mm Mm-hmm. It's real boogie woogie. It's it, like, you know, it it's is. Bo- it's boogie yeah. rock. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know? It's a yeah. little hippy dippy at points. A little. Yeah. He gets there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, damn. You don't want to be there if you're, you know, if you're a straight dude. <laughs> <laughs> See, because that, that sounds like a, a Rod Stewart line to me. It does. And all the women you know look like men. Yeah. You know? Even a little Bowie-ish. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. Very much of the moment. Yeah. So we're hanging out in the piano bar now. <laughs> <laughs> this is the honky tonk part too. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's got that kind of melodic sensibility to me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good time music. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's what it's all about. Vaudevillian almost. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get the crispy guitar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the crispy guitar. <laughs> 
Right, so, so what do you what do you think of uh, Steve Edwards as a guitarist? I think he's great. I think he's, he's good. I think right? He's really good. Yeah. yeah, of course. What did he go on to do? Do we know? Oh, I you know I should have looked that up, but no, yeah. I can't. I, don't think I can't I really remember. Yeah. You know, I can't really remember right now. Maybe you just want to do session stuff. Could be. It's not a name that I've heard a lot. No, same here. You know? Same yeah, here. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, you know, I have no idea really. Yeah. But yeah, for next time or, you know. Or somebody tell us, please. Somebody tell us. Somebody yeah, somebody look us. it up we for us. We, do, so we, look it up. Yeah. <laughs> we did enough to put this thing together. Yeah, come on. Help, Help us. us out. Help. Next up. And this is Liberty Road. And I'm still feeling like we're in that kind of honky-tonk juke joint place where yeah. we're hanging out for good time music, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. This record kind of feels like you were sitting in a place like that and listening to the band's entire set. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of what this record feels like. Yeah. Like you're seeing them, like you said, in a smoky joint somewhere, yeah. you know? <laughs> well, let me ask you that. I mean, you, as a vocalist, you you have a strong affinity for, for Dio as a, as a vocalist throughout yes, his I entire do. career. Talk about where you hear his voice at this point. In comparison to his later work. You're really hard-pressed to tell a difference. Right? Yeah. He's, he's as good as he started out to where he ended up. Yeah. He's great here. Like, do you hear noticeable differences in the quality and the tone? No. Right? No. Yeah, yeah. He's so consistent. He it's always sounded great. And mm-hmm. I think we talked about that when we reviewed Dio's Dream Evil. Yeah. That Iomi said um, he never saw him have an off day. Yeah, wow. When he was performing. Uh-huh. Never saw that. Yeah. You know, either in rehearsal or performing. Yeah. The guy just had it in him. Yeah. You know, he was just naturally talented. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he took vocal lessons or anything like this. I mean, I've seen interviews mm-hmm. with him, but I don't remember him even talking about anything like that. Yeah. The guy was just born super fucking human with the shit. Yeah. And just had it his entire life. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Because, like I said, blind, you play this for somebody that's never heard it, and yeah. they know Dia. They're going to go, that's, that's Dio, duh. Yeah, that is totally Dio. Because yeah. he sounds pretty much yeah. the same. They might not be able to, yeah, and they can't place it yeah. in the chronology. That's the thing. Right, right. And they're like, well, what's he doing here? Was this like a blue side project? Or what was Yeah, this? exactly, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Is this a soundtrack for something? <laughs> was this the Vanishing Point soundtrack? Because there are points where this, some of the songs remind me of that. Yeah. Like, remember that scene in the desert? Yeah, yeah. With the gospel band. Yeah. There are points where I'm like, shit, it reminds me of that kind of mm. 70s rock. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know? yeah. That, like I said, my cousins and friends of mine were into. Yeah. You know, I mean, Mountain was a little bit heavier than yeah. Elf. But they still kind of delved into these moments of boogie-woogie and what have you, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. And Spirit and other bands of the time. Yeah. But uh, they were full on with it. Yeah. For all three of their records. Mm-hmm. The only three that they had. This was their sound. Yeah. And I think so many other bands, bluesy bands later, like maybe Black Crows and stuff, were a little influenced by... Yeah, yeah, yeah. ...by Elf. I definitely hear that. You yeah. know? Yeah. All right, next up. So this one is called Shotgun Boogie. I love the title. This one's so boogie-woogie, it's got boogie in the title. Yeah. Like that's... <laughs> As if you didn't know already. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> What's going on here, Walt? Like I said, it really reminds me, I hate to repeat myself, yeah. New Orleans kind of rock boogie, you know, King Creole kind of stuff. Listen yeah. To it. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> Almost swing. 
It is almost, it's a lot like swing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm already doing it. <laughs> yeah, like what? I just started doing swing dancing as we were talking about. It. Yeah. Hands come alive yeah. from side to side. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's old school kind of getting the crowd riled up. Yeah, yeah. You know, boogie rock. This, it, yeah. Like full on, <laughs> yeah, listen to this. Yeah. This is, it, it you could you could hear this on like a scratchy like old recording, you know, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> to go like wax, like yeah. turntable or something with one of those big horns that that dog was listening to. Um, yeah, yeah, you're in the French Quarter. You it's know? interesting. Yeah, it's that type of rock, and that yeah, that keyboard going on. That's yeah, and everybody gets their moment to shine in the band. Yeah, very much like a, a jazz kind of combo yeah, thing. Yeah, going on. yeah, 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 yeah. I know. Yeah. What else you got in this one? Oh. Uh, <laughs> it, like I said, it's a little stunning. It is, right? It's yeah. a little stunning. And I'll admit. I mean, th- this guitar work, this is a little more familiar. Yeah, this, this brings it right back up to rock. Yeah. Straight up rock. Yeah. Like you said, he's got these tasty licks. Yeah. And he's got this great sound yeah. to his guitar that kind of sizzles right through everything. There's a joke in a couple of things you just said, but <laughs> I'll leave that be. <laughs> Sizzle right through? Tasty licks. <laughs> tasty licking. <laughs> Linger ficking good. Oh, ouch. Okay. <laughs> Next song. <laughs> cowbell, cowbell solo. Cowbell solo. Yes. All right. Come on. That's awesome. Come on. You never wanted to do a cowbell solo in your life? Well, of course. And this is Wonder World, not to be confused with the Oasis tune Wonder Wall, of course. Yes. Now, this one, it sounds a lot more like the Dio I know than any other song on this album. I, feel I agree. Like. You know what I mean? I agree. Like, it kind of reminds me on a song I don't like on Dream Evil called I Could Have Been a Dreamer, but I like this one. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. What's the reasoning for that? What, what I, do you I think? I think it's a what better song. Yeah. <laughs> Quite okay. honestly, yeah. Well, what do you think about I, it? I could have been, like we talked about, I yeah. could have been a dreamer just smelled of single. Like, they really wanted to craft sure. a ballady single. Yeah, yeah. This is coming from a whole different place. He's younger, yeah. hungrier. Yeah, I the love, musicianship I love is a lo- is yeah. really good on this. It is. It's very solid on yeah. all parts. Yeah, and his vocals, like he's he's really feeling it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like it's he's kind of quiet and he the big builds, crescendo. Yeah, there's, the crescendo. Just, there's a lot going on here. Yeah, no, it's yeah. it's a good crafted song. Yeah, it is. It's it's well built, so to say. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like you're you're seeing the glimmers of what he's going to become. Oh yeah, where he's going to go? Yeah, yeah. But it's still—it's got this sheen on it, you know, as a, as a track. Yeah, it seems very pretty sounding to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Later, his later stuff, besides the bigger singles like we just mentioned, they had a grittiness to them. Yeah. Even when he was with Rainbow, some of the songs had a grittiness True. to them. Now here's the question: Is he writing these songs with Elf? For yeah. Elf? Him and the, and the uh, keyboard player okay. wrote There's the a, songs okay. on this record and the record previous. Okay. Uh, on the original record, I'm not sure. I think that was a band effort. Okay. On the original right. record, I think it was band effort. But the last two, this record and the one previous, yeah. him and the keyboard player, they wrote the songs together. Okay. It's pretty much them. Okay. So. Whereas with Rainbow, it's going to be a lot of Richie Blackmore, and is he pretty much writing? Oh, yeah. Well, Ronnie did get to write. He did. Okay. He did. Of course. Right. His lyrics are pretty much his. Okay. Ronnie always yeah, wrote yeah. his yeah. pretty much his own. In terms lyrics. like the the melodies and all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Nobody nobody ever really fucked with Ronnie when it came to um 
his melodies and stuff because yeah. he always had it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. always knew what to do. Yeah. He always knew where to go, where to mm -hmm. be. Hmm. Okay. So and that's why Blackmore had him on too. Yeah. You know, and that's why the guys in Sabbath had him. Yeah. You know, because they they said we don't have to worry about it. Yeah. You know, same thing with uh, Richie and the guys in Sabbath. They said mm -hmm. the same thing. You know, he just comes in, he's ready. Mm -hmm. He's got everything worked out. Like I could hear this in '80s feel. Oh yeah, yeah. E pretty much easily. You know, like maybe some changes in arrangement, but this feels very much of like the later deal. Right. Yeah. And I wonder, I'd have to go through my old concert videos. Yeah. But this almost seems like I've heard him perform this live at one point oh, really? or another with oh, his band, with, okay. with Theo. Which I can I can see that happening. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we know he always did Man on the Silver Mountain. Of course. And other Deep Purple yeah. songs. Of course. But this seems like, i got to go through my old DVDs because I have a bunch of them. Yeah. And uh, right there, look. I know it's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. like you said, it's 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 a different deal. He's younger here, exactly. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But still had the same, the same performance uh, ability. Yep. Period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everything that he did across the board, and that's why for me, that. he's one of my all-time favorite singers. Period. No yeah. matter what he's done, absolutely. Like except for yeah. me, the music's a little funky here and there. Yeah. You know, you have moments of, okay, that went into. Wild ass. That's very dated. Yeah. That's wild ass seventies period sounding. Yeah, but ultimately, for me, what holds it all together is the musicianship. Yeah, because regardless of the time, they're mm -hmm. all solid. Exactly. Yeah, and Ronnie's voice is pristine yeah. in my mind. Mm -hmm. So, okay, all right, last track, right? Big crescendo out. Yeah, you know, nice. Every band was trying to do in the seventies, even mm -hmm. bands that weren't as big. Yeah, you know. All right, last track on the album. This is Street Walker. What do you think that's about? Oh, I don't know. Like, uh, who who works on the street like that? Like, uh, I don't know, someone selling chestnuts or something? Or, <laughs> or like a beat cop? Or I don't know who works on the street. Like a guy that works on the pavement or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe something like that. Yeah, yeah. So that's a bluesy opening. Oh, very bluesy. This kind of to me, this is the bluesiest song on the album. It is. I mean, it's got the twelve bar blues feel. It is. It, yeah. it very much does have it. Yeah. Like I said, once again, you could see him in a smoky room. Yeah. Standing in front of a microphone, crooning mm -hmm. his ass off on this. Yeah. Yeah, that's see? just or sitting behind a piano if he was <laughs> playing the piano. <laughs> Singing the blues. Yeah. But then the rhythm kind of starts in at some point. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is back when, in the 70s, people had a lot more patience when it came to music and songs. Mm-hmm. You know? Present company excluded and other friends that we know, we have patience when it comes to listening to music. Yeah. A song like this, if it's played nowadays and they go, oh, shit, it's seven minutes long? No, I'm not playing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They won't yeah. listen to the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. You know? There was a point there in the 80s where... I mean, it started in the 50s where pop tunes had to be like three minutes and a half long, and that was it. Yeah, because they had to fit on that, that little right. that record. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah on that, that little black disc. Exactly, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. That little wax disc. Yeah. But um, it started moving around in the 60s mm -hmm. and then in the 70s where songs yeah. became longer and longer, yeah. which was great. It kind of got crimped again in the 80s with certain bands, yeah. pop bands. It yeah. started doing that again. I mean, I, I think historically the perfect length for a true pop song is about three minutes. But not everything needs to be a pop song. Right. You know? Right. It's like some some things are right for that, but 
Sometimes you just want to listen to something like this. Well, I mean, when it comes stretch to, out, right? Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, when it comes to the artist, if they lay down a seven-minute song, if they're good musicians, there's a reason for it. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. that's the length the song was meant to be. Right. Yeah. And these guys are really giving it to you. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See. Yeah. Acapella with drums. Uh huh. Yeah, but he still had to say, even when <laughs> nice. he was younger, still doing those those same things that he kept doing throughout his entire career. Yeah, you know. Yep, that's Dio. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, Blackmore was so impressed with his voice. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. same thing with the producer. Mm-hmm. Uh, could you imagine being in a band with him around that time? Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? If I was playing in the band, playing bass or whatever the hell, I can't be even like he's he's like gonna that. leave. He's gonna go yeah. off and be big. Yeah, 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 you know? yeah. 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 Hopefully he'll take me with him, you know. Yeah. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> After a while, because these guys, I mean, you know, they had different things going on and problems and what have you. Yeah. Uh, Drug-wise mm-hmm. and drink-wise and yeah. all that shit, especially around that time. Yeah. And But Elf was struggling, like we've read. They, they were struggling. Yeah. I mean, they had moderate success overseas in maybe Europe and Japan, I think. Oh, okay. Around that time. And that was it. The UK didn't see them. The US didn't really see them at all. Oh, huh, interesting. Okay. So it wasn't until, like you said, when I think they started opening for, for Purple yeah. on certain dates that they got a little bit more attention. Hmm, hmm, but the okay. funny thing about this album came out, I think, June of 75. Okay. Yeah, right? Yeah, June yeah, of yeah. 75. Yeah. And then literally two months later in August, the Rainbow album That's came right. out. That's yeah. right. So this one, this is why this record doesn't get as much love. It was like an afterthought. Yeah. Basically, yeah. It was overshadowed by yeah, the Rainbow yeah. album. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. Yeah. It's funny. And like I said, you know, I haven't heard this stuff in so long. It's, it's cool to revisit it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? All right, so let's talk about the cover. Yeah, let's do that. Well, let's talk about the Elf covers. <laughs> Period. <laughs> okay. Beginning with the first one. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Which is just a close-up okay. of basically this grotesque-looking elf or this guy in makeup to look like an elf. So to me, that original cover was like, okay, so let's let's have an album cover and we're gonna have an elf on it. <laughs> okay, but no, we want something badass. But but dudes, we called our band Elf. <laughs> so how do we have something bad? Well, make a badass elf. Right. Like give your elf like biceps and <laughs> scary teeth and shit like. That. That, right right that's essentially what it is yeah it's like this elf like sneering at the at the viewer like this elf's going to take you out but no it's still an elf i don't know i mean when it came to D, weren't elves supposed to be i don't know you know like super strong or something something like that I don't know. i'm reaching you haven't read tolkien have you oh uh, yeah i have okay yeah Remember the elves? They were like all sort of soft and oh, yeah, they're willowy. And yeah, like, yeah, right, you know, right. They, they were just tall like and beautiful. Ethereal and, and, yeah. and, you know, Kate Blanchett in the movie and <laughs> right, all that. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's an elf. Okay. Yeah. So I just don't think that they evoke something like badass and scary and that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, they're, they're, they're yeah. Yeah. Okay, like, yeah, like, I just, I just got <laughs> like, it. Like, I just got it up on yeah, screen. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's the, the it's bad makeup and, and yeah. 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 They had to include something. Like I said, I was over at a friend of mine's at our friend Sammy's house, Sammy. and uh, and uh, he had the album out, and I was like, God damn, that is a fucking terrible album cover. Yeah. You know. <laughs> the second one though. It's just them standing on a. It's just yeah yeah on a balcony. Carolina County Ball. Yeah, the Carolina County Ball. Um, I I would not actually want to pick up any album called Carolina County Ball. Right. It's just me. Right. It's just me. I mean, maybe by a country band right. that I was into, I might want to pick that up. Right. But if I'm looking for, like, rock and roll, 
that's probably not the album that I'm going to pick up. Unless maybe, like um, you said, if it was Skinnerd or, you know, later on Black Crows. Yeah, yeah, like, like you yeah, know, something like, like that. Kind of country maybe. rock. Right. Maybe, that, that yeah, are yeah, from, like, these yeah, guys yeah, are yeah, from the Drive South. by Truckers, I might pick up that album. But right. But not, yeah. Right. No, yeah, <laughs> no. I think the only title that they have going for them is Trying to Burn the Sun. Yeah, let's talk about that album cover. That's, uh, it's, well, out of the three. What do you think of it? It's the best one. It's good. It I like the it. the best one. I think it's, and once again, it's really, you get, it's really simple. Yeah. You've got like the image of the sun and you've got this really kind of cool silhouette where he's just, he's just picking up the mic. He's just like wielding it. Yeah. Like a freaking saber. You know, <laughs> yeah. he's just, yeah. Like he's going to smash somebody yeah, it's, with it. It's a, it's a good album cover, I think. Well, he's also enthralled with the music. He's got it. It looks yeah. like he's going to start spinning it around. Like he was, yeah. He's in mid-performance and it's a great yeah. silhouette shot of him probably on stage. It reminds his me of... His hair's uh, thrown back, you know, the yeah. whole nine. It reminds me of one of my favorite album covers, T-Rex's Electric Warrior. Oh, yeah, that's a great album cover. it's just cover. a guitarist yeah. with a... Yeah, just like... The glowing really, amp. Yeah. It's a simple statement that just evokes the power of rock and roll. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's successful. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, out of the three... Absolutely. It's the best yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. And sadly, it was their last record. <laughs> yeah. But, well, Ronnie went on to do so much more after Absolutely, album. yeah. But, yeah, on the back of the album, they quote one of Ronnie's lines... Uh-huh. I'm a fire burning higher trying to burn the sun. Yeah. On the back of the album. Yeah. Icarus. That's, that's, yeah. Yeah. But it also says everything about his career. It does. You know, from where he was starting. That's right. Yeah. He got there. He did. He did. He sure did. He's an icon now. Yeah. You know, God rest his soul. Yeah. Like a better way to put it, but you know, we miss you, Ronnie. That's right. All right. It's time for Gun to the Head. Gun to the Head! What is your top song on this album, Walt? Damn it. Walt hates this segment. I, I really I, do. I love I this never, segment. You know, uh, uh, <laughs> that's why you came up with it, to torture me, <laughs> to torment me. It's worth it, yeah. <laughs> uh, you might as well just poke me with a freaking hot stick. That could be fun. There's a joke in there somewhere. Uh, I'm torn between Shotgun Boogie and Wonder World. Your, your top? Yeah, Your top, top song? Top. Okay. Top. I'm torn between those two. Okay. So if you had if you had the gun yeah. to your head, which one would you pick? You know what? Uh, I'm gonna go shotgun boogie. Shotgun boogie, really? Yeah. 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 Why? Like I said, it's got that real. For me, it might not be true, but for me, what it reminds me of is that Creole kind of sound. Okay. You know, it reminds me a little like King Creole and Elvis and a little bit of that. Okay. In there for me, for whatever reason, it reminds me of that, and I think that's why it kind of sticks out for me. But okay. I like it. Also, it's Shotgun Boogie. Shotgun it's a great Boogie. title. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's very, very South. Yeah. You know, very Southern type title. Hmm. Okay. Um, you know, there's so many implications behind that. Yeah. That you can interpret on your own or Shotguns put. and boogies. And, yeah. yeah. And, and boogie. And shotgun boobies, what? It's something. something <laughs> like that. Yeah. Okay. And you? For me, it is Wonderworld. Okay. Yeah. It is a great track. And it's, yeah, I... I I, I really like the way it's put together. It is. I it's, think it's a great statement. I think he really sings it with feeling. Solid. There's really a lot going on with that. And yeah. I hate to say it, it does kind of remind me of what Dio becomes later. Right. I don't like that kind of sliding my my opinion, but eh, it kind of does. Yeah. Well, like I said, that's why I was torn between the two, to be honest. Sure. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. of that factor that you just mentioned. Yeah. It does sound like that's his first step towards his later evolution. Exactly. It really feels like it. Exactly. Sounds like it. Yeah. So the other way. Gun to the head opposite. Yep. Once again, I'm torn between two. I'm always torn between two. So what are you torn between? I'm torn between Prentice Wood and When She Smiles. Yeah, okay. Interesting. Torn between those two. Yeah. I 
think I'm going to go Prentice Wood. Prentice Wood, okay. Yeah. Why? It's an odd second track for the hmm. album. Okay. Uh, Black Swampy Water is probably one of my favorite, probably my second favorite on the album. Okay. It's a really strong opener. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. But then Prentice Wood comes on and it kind of, it sets up the rest of the middle of the album. Yeah. Where it goes from two to four to six. Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of sets that up, sets up the sound. Yeah. But it's really, really gospely. So if I had to lose one with the background singing and what have you, yeah. don't get me wrong, I think it's still a strong track. Sure. I, yeah, I, yeah. I still like the track. Yeah. But I, I think I would lose that one. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So, Walt, this has never happened before. Uh-oh. But <laughs> Uh-oh. My, my gun to the head down is your gun to the head up. Oh, yeah? It's Shotgun Boogie. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. It just goes too boogie and or woogie for me. <laughs> and, too uh, much boogie and woogie for you? I, for this album, I would say, it just it goes too far in that direction. And honestly, hands come alive, move from side to side. I, it, 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 it just... It, okay. It, 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 yeah. I mean, the lyrics are it is corny. Too, it is really like the other ones where they're trying this kind of like bluesy, doo woppy, boogie woogie thing. They can kind of work. They pull it off. Mm-hmm. This one just feels too much like they're trying to do something that they may not be comfortable with. All right. I, I, I could be wrong. They may have felt completely comfortable. Right. But it just feels a little bit outside. So if I had to drop one, I think this is one that I would drop from the album. That's cool. For myself. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. We always agree to disagree about this. Yeah, exactly. But it's the first time that that has happened. That is the first time. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. interesting. On the ABCs, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. yeah, there's is. one album where we had, we were in line completely. There were a couple, Which one, I think. Yeah, yeah. That has happened. You wouldn't know that we did the podcast, but... Yeah, because we can't remember, but... Right. Yeah, yeah. That's... Okay. Because we got drunk while we were doing it. Yeah, we're drunk now. <laughs> Um, yeah, but it's th- interesting. You know what? It's personal taste. Exactly. That's what it is. You know what that's I mean? what it comes like down to. Like I said, for to. me, yeah. it reminded me of that so much, of that sound, mm-hmm. that that's why I like that. And the fact mm-hmm. that it sticks out for me, I like that. Sure, so, which is completely acceptable. Yeah. yeah. So, it, it, yeah, no, that's, that's cool, yeah, man. Yeah. It's funny. Okay, so the overall assessment of this album. I really like it. I can't it say, I yeah, can't it say it's one of my favorites, to be honest with you. I can't of, no, of Dio's body. No, work. but when you spend some time with this album, you really get to appreciate it. Oh, absolutely! And it's really nice to just revisit this portion of, of his career, like yeah. early on, and to kind of understand where he's coming from. Well, it's also you're revisiting a point in music history and rock that history, too. exactly, because yeah. this was the sound yeah. of the time. Mm-hmm. And any rock band worth their salt, they were trying to mess around with this type of sound. Yep. Um, and having so many players in the band. I mean, around the 70s, rock bands became like 15-piece bands. We had 15 <laughs> guys in the group, 15 men and women in a group to get this big sound. Yeah. Uh, where it's not being a four-piece or a five-piece or what have you, or a three-piece. So there's a lot going on mm-hmm. sound-wise and production-wise on this record. Yeah. That can't be ignored. That has to be appreciated. Exactly. Yeah. But if you're not a fan of this type of rock mm-hmm. you, it can be off-putting yeah. for the average listener yeah, I yeah. think young person of today would not like this no if they're not educated in rock music period they will no, not enjoy not this at gonna, all it's just going to be too alienating to remote to their experience yeah yeah and if they like Ronnie's later stuff like his solo stuff or the Black Sabbath stuff they're not yeah. going to get into this at all yeah can you imagine going from Dream Evil to this <laughs> yeah that'd be a tough call yeah it absolutely really be, yeah absolutely it is a jump it's a jump backwards but at the same time like we just said this was what was happening at the time yeah and I think it's still very important it's relevant in the sense that it represents what was happening of the day exactly yeah 
and the musicianship because musicians were supposed to be a lot more well-rounded yeah. back then. And I mean, Ronnie started, when he started, I think, with Elf or before that, mm-hmm. he was singing and playing bass. Now, okay. Ronnie could also play different instruments. Mm-hmm. A lot of these players can play different instruments. Mm-hmm. Not just, you know, nowadays you got the guy that plays guitar, the guy that plays bass, the guy that plays drum. That's it. Mm-hmm. The guy that sings, the guy that plays, you know, sings and plays guitar. Yeah. These guys could all play each other's instruments yeah. and write and mm-hmm. all of this and that and the other thing. Yeah. So that's what it meant to be a musician from like from the 20s mm-hmm. on into the 60s, 70s, and even the early 80s. I'm not so sure about now, to be yeah, honest. There, there are some virtuosos out there still. Oh, yeah. There are. Yeah. There are some, but it's fewer and far between. These guys could play everything. Yep. If you gave Ronnie a guitar, he could play guitar. Mm-hmm. You gave him a bass, he could play bass. I mean, not to virtuoso standards, because mm-hmm. like, he was a singer, but he can get back there and play. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it, it's a whole thing. It's, it's a different type of musician that we're listening to when it comes to delving deep with an album like this. Yeah, and it, it's hard to imagine now that we're in a post-Metallica age, but this was hard <laughs> rock yeah. in 75. No, I know. It yeah. actually really was. Yeah. Yeah, and they, yeah. Were, they were moving towards that thing that we call metal, but they weren't quite there yet. Yeah. Many cases, yeah. Well, like we stated earlier, I mean, even Sam started out as a blues band. Exactly. Yeah. Zeppelin, Zeppelin started out. Yeah. I mean, with Page with the Yardbirds, mm-hmm. and you know, yeah. they were all blues based. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I think we've wrapped this up now. We have to decide because uh, we don't have any more E bands. In fact, we had to really stretch to get this one. So we're going to move yeah. on to F, right? Yep, moving so on to the F. What is up for F? Well, Faith No More. How about Faith No More? I, I'm totally deaf. Faith No More. And which album are we going to do, Walt? Well, everybody has the real thing. That's yeah, seminal. That's, that's seminal. Yeah. Let's go the album after Angel Dust. You call that From the seminal? 90s. I mean, it had some hit singles on it. Yeah. But when I look back now, I don't know if it was that appreciated okay. as much as the real thing. All right. Because they okay. really kind of made a left turn yeah. with some of those songs that are on that record. Okay. Let's do it. Different sound. If it right. is seminal, please tell us. Let us know. What, what if you else do you think is seminal? Well, besides the real thing, I think it's basically the real thing is their most seminal album. So if which is their second, if I a person had like like three Faith No More albums, which ones would they have? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, I would assume it would be the real thing. Maybe we care a lot. Yeah. with the different singer, with the original mm-hmm. lead singer. Like I said, real thing. Possibly Angel Dust, but I don't think a lot of people knew what they were getting into when they bought that album. Okay. Because there are some songs on there that Mike Patton and the guys wrote that were not hit singles, that were okay. not radio friendly. Okay. All so right. that's why I kind of want, want to go with that one. All right. That's what we're going to do next time, Walt. All right. We are Useless Info Inc. doing <laughs> Anti-Seminal. We will come back at you with Faith No More. And we are available, as always, on the YouTubes. We are on Twitter. We are on WordPress. You can find us on Google Play and iTunes. iTunes. Yes iTunes, Google Play, iTunes, wow. Google Play, Google Play, iTunes, yes. Google Play, Play. I am Max. <laughs> I'm Walt. This is the ABCs of rock and metal. Listen to us. Check us out. Rock and roll. Rock and roll. Cool.